Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at The Well Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. Well, I do look forward to, and I have been looking forward to being able to be with you guys. Uh, you may have noticed Pastor Greg and Gretchen, our lead pastors, are not in here tonight. And um, Pastor Greg is actually on site. Say, yay! Yeah. And he's actually ministering to our sons and daughters, our, our teenagers, our youth group tonight, uh, which is an amazing thing uh, to you know be able to have him in there with them. And so that's where he is. He, of course, sends his greeting. He always loves being in here, being with you guys. And uh, he is a man on assignment tonight. And uh, we're going to trust. Actually, let's pray for our teenagers right now, okay? Let's pray for them. Lord, we thank you so much for our teenagers in this church. And God, I ask that the ones that are there tonight would receive your word. Lord, that they would receive something that heaven has to give tonight, oh Lord. I pray that there be no hard hearts, Lord. I pray there be no um, closed minds. Uh, there be no scales, Lord, that are on eyes that can't fall off tonight, God. I ask that you would speak, Lord, a word that would minister to them where they are. And I pray for those that are not in there, the ones that should be in there tonight that are not in there, God, that you would reach them where they are. Lord, I know you reached me where I was, and I ask that you would reach with your graceful, merciful hand tonight, and that you would touch those teenagers, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys ready to receive the word tonight? Yeah, me too. I I came down here because I want to receive it too. I believe that God brought us here tonight because he wants to speak to us tonight. And I, I, I personally believe that the message that he wants to bring tonight is for each one of us, okay? I believe that we each have some responsibility. Who thinks that you ought to come to church with something to take back you know, something that you can do after you receive, right? Yeah, we, we, ought, we ought to be that way. We, we ought to come to receive. Um, it's not about coming and feeling good and being refreshed. That's part of it, and I think that's a good part. But I believe tonight God wants to give us some marching orders. I believe tonight that he wants us to be the kind of people that he created us to be. And so I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to buckle up because I'm buckling up. And I believe that we are going to get where he wants us to get tonight. And, and we're going to be where he wants us to be tomorrow. Who wants to be in the center of his will? I do too. I do too. And so let's jump right into the word. I'm going to be reading uh, and sticking with Acts chapter 20. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can, you can flip there. You can turn there and say this with me. This is my Bible. I love my Bible because it's his word. It's for my direction. It's for my correction. And it's for my resurrection and their resurrection. O oh Lord, be it unto me according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Greg says that so much better. <laughs> Acts 20, okay? So we're going to be uh, focusing on uh, verse 7 uh, to 12, but we're, we're just going to start with verse 1 just so we can get the context of where we're at, okay? You guys good with that? All right, so let's walk through Acts 20 a bit. After the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciples to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. Who's ever been to Macedonia before? I'm not talking about on Sand Mountain. 
I've been there. Now, when he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece and stayed three months. And when the Jews plotted against him, he was about to sail to Syria. Um, He decided to return through Macedonia. And so Peter of Berea accompanied him to Asia, also Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Derb and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. These men going ahead waited for us at Troas, but we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and in five days joined them at Troas where we stayed seven days. All right, you don't have to remember any of that, but these guys are on the road. They're moving. They're trying to get to where God wants them to be. They are traveling. They're ministering. They are taking the, the word of God to places that the word of God's never reached before. At this point, uh, they were, let's see, Troas, if I calculated correctly, uh, it's about 1,200, give or take, miles from Jerusalem, okay? So the gospel message started in Jerusalem, and Jesus gave his disciples the instruction to preach it into all the world, all right? And to, you start with your, your community, you, you speak it to your city and your county and then your state and then your country and then beyond, all right? And so that's what it would look like in our day. And so they are a good ways away from Jerusalem. And so the church has been at work, right? The church has been moving. They've been doing what Jesus sent them to do is to preach the word and to teach it. And so we've got this group of people that they're going on a mission and, um, we're going to pick up at verse seven. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Say many lamps. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep. Uh Uh-oh. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up, had broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. Lord, I ask that you'd speak through your word tonight. We declare it's a good word, and I ask that, Holy Spirit, you be the primary teacher. Lord, give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and obey that which you want to speak to us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's break this down a little bit, okay? So this account, and you may not be familiar with the story, so basically what just happened was Paul and these group of disciples, they came to Troas, it was a city, and they were ministering the word, and Paul was getting ready to leave the next day, and so he wanted as much time as he could to teach the word. And so he was teaching the word, he was ministering the word of God um, in that upper room, that third story room, all right? And uh, as he did that, there was a young man, Eutychus. It says he was a certain young man. The only thing I think he was certain of was he was sleepy, all right? And so he sat in the window. Sounds like a pretty bad idea. Who knows Josh Dungal in here? All right. 
I see some smiles. You know where this is going. You probably don't, but you know it's going to be funny. And so we were actually in Texas uh, doing some missionary work at a missions base there. And Josh Dungala, he uh, is a great guy. He came on that trip with us. And uh, it was a construction-type trip, and we were doing some um, some construction work on the, the top story of a building. And Josh was going to, I believe, help install a window, like a big window, like the size of the sanctuary, sanctuary doors there kind of window. And the guy was standing, it was nighttime, he was standing right in the window, just looking down. And they were pulling the window up with a crane, and he was reaching out and trying to get it. And I was like, Josh! Eutychus, come back. You're scaring me. And thankfully, he did not fall that night. But Eutychus, he fell, and he was taken up dead. That's a, that's a horrible thing, isn't it? That's a horrible thing. We just came from staff retreat, and um, uh, there was a swimming pool there, and uh, all of us were watching because there were times that some of our children were there and, um, and just wanting to make sure we were there in case one of them fell, right? And so it's important to be watchful. Uh, of uh, our surroundings and what's going on. And uh, Josh, if you're watching this, I love you, brother. But Eutychus fell, and a miraculous thing happened. Paul went down, and he embraced him and uh, prayed over him, ministered to him. The power of God flowed through him, and he was taken up alive once again, which is an amazing thing. So we know that there's a good end to the story, right? There is, but there's a there's a process that gets us to that point. And so I want to break down each verse and uh, let's find out what our responsibility is with this. So let's look at verse seven a little bit, okay? Remember, this is a real account. These are real people. This is a real situation. This is the kind of thing that we can go through. Verse seven. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart, the next day spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. So we're going to look at three characters, all right? And I believe that each one of us can be uh, representing one of those characters. Maybe we represent two. You may be a mix of all three of them tonight. And wherever it is that you may be, I believe that God wants to speak to you tonight. And we see here that Eutychus was among the disciples, okay? Disciples are people uh, in the Bible and us that adhere to the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so we hear his word, we hear his teachings, and we give our life to follow them. We, we, uh, we cling to them. They are important to us. And it's how we, uh, you know, the conviction that we live is according to his instruction and his word. And so Eutychus was hanging out with the disciples, which is a good place. And there were some pretty big names. If you go back and look at that list of names that we just read, uh, you got people like Paul. You've got people like Luke. It doesn't say Luke's name, but he wrote the book. He said he was there. Uh, you got people like Timothy. You got some names that I'm not going to try to pronounce again in front of y'all, okay? Uh, and th- there, were, there were a lot of people. There were church leaders there. There were people that we would want to meet them, right? And they were present there. Eutychus was among them. That was a pretty cool place to be, I imagine. So Eutychus was among the disciples. It was the first day, which was the Lord's day. And they were following the custom of the church, the customs of the church. They were breaking bread together. They were having fellowship together. They were gathering together in a group to hear the word of God ministered. They were doing the churchy kind of stuff, right? 
who would agree that those are good things that we ought to be doing? We ought to be getting together with other believers. We ought to be listening to the word of God ministered. Uh, we ought to be uh, adhering to the teachings of Jesus to be able to be called a disciple of Jesus Christ. We ought to be having meals together. Y'all had the chance to do all these things tonight. You know that? If you came to supper at the well, you had the food. You broke the garlic bread, right? You you hopefully had some conversations. You're here receiving the word of God tonight. And so we're pretty much where they were, right? If you see Eutychus in here, give him an elbow, right? Because he needs to hear this too. And Eutychus' name actually means fortunate. In the end, it worked out for him, right? It did. Make sure you're doing these things. Okay, there's nothing wrong with what they were doing. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. I believe there's more that they could be doing. So ask yourself that question. Is Christianity a checklist kind of thing for me? I've done my duty. I I, I got up on time this morning. I I read this many chapters. I read John 17 today. That's what Pastor Craig's reading today. You know, I read uh, this and I got to that and then I get on my knees and I did all those things. Is that what it's really about? That's part of it. But there's another part. It's about being aware. It's about uh, being aware of his voice, of what he's doing, and and uh, looking at our surroundings and realizing that this is a fallen world, right? This is a fallen world, and we need to be watchful. Verse 8, there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. Now, I love the fact that they were in an upper room. Things happen in the upper room. They do. When I was living in Woodville, we had a place called the Ministry Center. I know, Pastor Matt, you lived there as well. And there was an upper room in there. And maybe a little moldy, a little smelly. Uh, but it was, it was such a cool place to know I'm going up into the upper room. And, and so I just love upper rooms because so much happens in the Word of God at the upper room. Uh, I mean, you got things like Jesus choosing an upper room to have his very last meal on earth with his disciples where he, uh, where he establishes one of the ordinances of the church, communion. That happened in the upper room. That same meeting, he had uh, a foot washing. He washed his disciples' feet in that same upper room. That was something that people of his status, if you would, did not do. You know, he humbled himself. And the upper room is where Jesus, after he went to the cross and was resurrected, he appeared to his disciples in the upper room. They were there waiting, and Jesus walked through a wall. If he can walk through a wall, he can open the door, right? He chose to walk through a wall. The disciples have experienced a lot in the upper room, right? They've been hearing the stories. We're only, I don't know, I want to say like 16 years removed now from when Jesus went to the cross and was resurrected. They got to be telling the stories. They got to know that things happen in the upper room. The upper room is where Jesus sent them to wait and to tarry until they were recipients of power from on high. That's where the spirit of God was given and they received that baptism, the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And so, The church ought to be expectant in an upper room. These people were there in expectation to receive the word. In fact, they they didn't mind being there until midnight. 
Gets 8.05 on Wednesday night. We're looking at our watches, you know? And so they were a hungry people. They were willing to receive the word. We ought to be a hungry people, amen? We ought to be in expectation because God has done things there. And I'm not saying you have to go build a second store in your house to have an upper room. Like You can have that kind of experience here. You can have it in whatever place you pray, right? It's a symbolic kind of place, but it's a place of expectation. Expectation for a move of God should be present when the disciples are in the upper room, the place where Jesus has sent them to be, especially when it's full of lights, all right? Who in here is a light, not has a light? Don't, don't raise your hand for that. Who is a light? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But then what did he say about you? He said, you're the light of the world, right? Yeah, he said, you are the light of the world, so you are a light. The disciples there, they were lights. It said that the, the room was full of lights, right? I'm not saying it's just a bunch of Christians standing in the dark. No, they actually had lamps too, right? right? And I wonder which disciple knew that Paul was coming and thought, these people are hungry, and he's long-winded, and he's leaving tomorrow. I'm going to go to Walmart. I'm going to buy a bunch of light bulbs. I'm going to buy that, that mega-size pack. I don't think that's how it went. They had something like this. I actually got this in Israel. Um, got to be in what they uh, believe is the upper room that Jesus had that last supper and that he, um, uh, the, the spirit of God was poured out to that same room. Uh, I was able to receive this in Israel. And so this is what the lamp would have looked like. There's a bunch of them is what the Bible says. And it would have been filled with oil and that, that wick would have been saturated in oil and they would, they would light it and there'd be a fire on it. And so there was a bunch of these in that place. You got a bunch of lights of the world with a bunch of lamps that are lit. And it's a, it's a, it's a place of light. The church ought to be a place of light. And it says in verse nine that in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus. Say Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep, and he was overcome by sleep. He was sinking into a deep sleep, and he was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. So tonight, if you're taking notes and you want to write a header, uh, I want to call this Raising Eutychus. I believe that each of us has a responsibility to raise Eutychus. I believe that Eutychus had responsibility to raise himself. I believe that the disciples had responsibility to raise Eutychus. I believe that Paul, that minister, that Christ type, was responsible for raising Eutychus. We all have responsibility in this place, right? Tonight's where the rubber meets the road. And I might even tell you a story about the rubber meeting the road, all right? If y'all smile at me... (laughs) Are y'all happy to be in church? All right, good. Get my squirt gun out on you. Or Mr. Manners is what we call him at home. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we got a Mr. Manners. I put some googly eyes on him. I put a little little gray mustache on him. He's missing an eyebrow. One of them fell off. I kept hot gluing it on, kept falling off. So um, he helps us to have good manners at the table is what he does, all right? Don't judge. Don't judge or you will meet him. 
So raising Eutychus, how do we raise Eutychus? Eutychus was sitting half in the light and he was sitting half in the dark. That's a scary place to be. You don't want to be at that place. Sitting half in the light, half in the dark. Perhaps Eutychus was sleepy. We know he was sleepy. Maybe that's why he went and sat next to the window. You know, it's believed that with that many uh, lamps lit in that room that um, there were some fumes, you know, that, that, that came in, and there was less oxygen in the room because of all those lamps being lit. And, and if you've ever been in that type of situation with lack of oxygen, still kind of dark, you know, they didn't have the LED top lights that we have, right? Like, it's a kind of a sleepy environment, and maybe that's why. Maybe he was sleepy and he didn't want to fall asleep in church, and so he sat next to the window. Maybe he was sent over there. Hey, Eutychus, you're being unruly. Go sit there next to the window in the back. I don't know why he sat there. All I know is he shouldn't have been sitting there. That was stupid. Can I say that? That was stupid. That's a stupid place to be. And that's where he was. And in my life, I've done some things that were rebellious. I don't know if Eutychus was being rebellious and stiff-arming the word and getting as far back from the taught word as he could. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. The Bible doesn't really tell us that, right? Maybe he was just stupid. Maybe he was foolish. Maybe he did something foolish. I've done some foolish things in my life. Have you done some foolish things in your life? You want me to tell one on myself? I know you guys love it when your pastors get all vulnerable and tell things on themselves. I know that because you look happier now that that you're going to hear that. So I'll go ahead and tell you. All right. So I was a senior in high school and uh, my family loved hot rods. we We loved cars that were really loud. All right. I will say that I'm now reaping that which I sowed. I have four young children who all take naps (laughs) and you got the hot rods that that I think they'd stop in front of my house and rev their engine at nap time and then take off. All right. I didn't know back then what I was sewing, but I sewed. All right. And I liked loud cars. Who in here likes loud cars? I know Robbie, you're going to raise your hand. That's my boy. All right, so a lot of you, all right? And so my dad had a 1981 Trans Am, Pontiac Trans Am. It was gold. Um, I, f- I felt like the bandit and Smokey and the bandit, all right? It had big old, big old eagle on the hood. I mean, I was a stuff whenever I drove that, and it wasn't even my car. <laughs> and it was loud. And my parents were not home. And I knew where the key was. And I have two younger brothers, and those were in the MySpace days where, and I needed a new profile picture. <laughs> and we had a digital camera, a cheap one at that. And my brother Cameron would have been 12 years old. My brother Cody, Pastor Cody Smith, <laughs> the one that you put in the, the care of, you know, your children in the care of. <laughs> Maybe that's why Pastor Greg's in there right now. I don't know. I'm playing, I'm playing. He's a great guy. He would have been about 10 years old at the time. I don't remember which one I asked to make sure I was in position and which one I asked to hold the camera, but they both took part in this situation, all right? And I had heard that if you take bleach and you pour it on the road, 
and then you park your back tire on top of that there bleach, and you brake lock it, which means one foot hard on the brake and one foot hard on the gas, then it will create a lot of smoke. Call me Smokey, Pastor Smokey, all right? And that it happened, all right? Yeah, and I got a picture of it. I don't know if you guys got a picture of it or not. Uh, you may think of me in a new light, and it was very bad quality, so they may not be able to put it up. But I got this picture, and it went great. My MySpace profile had a new, there we go. There we go. Look at those sideburns, shaggy hair. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> then mom and daddy showed up. Trans Am was already parked back in its spot. But there was a big old black streak in front of our house that wasn't there when mom and daddy left. And there was a smell of rubber and bleach. You may wonder why Pastor Cody walks around sniffing all the time. It's because that rubber and bleach got up there. It just messed him all up. But mom and daddy came home, and I realized that that was a foolish move. <laughs> it was done in ignorance. I thought it was cool. There was another time, I'm not going to even tell you, I don't have time to tell you about that time that I ran from a state trooper on accident. <laughs> that was rebellious. You may be rebellious, you may be foolish, but either way, you're in a bad place. Right? So I don't know where Eutychus was, but I know that he was in a bad place. And my question is, why did they let him fall? Why, the, why did the disciples let him fall out of the window? Did they not see him yawning? Did they not hear him snoring? I just came from staff retreat, and I will say some people on the staff snore. <laughs> I think multiple people. I'm probably one of them. There had to be signs that he was about to fall. He was in a dangerous place. He was sitting halfway in the light and halfway in the dark. We got to see these people. We got to see when we're in that place. We got to recognize that. It's one thing to tell people when they're doing something wrong, it's another thing to tell them how to do something right. Both are important, both are vital. We have to know right is right and wrong is wrong, but we also know how, need to know how to do right. Don't need to focus so much on learning how not to do wrong. Need to focus more so on how to do right. If Eutychus was at the altar, at least he would have fallen asleep at the altar. I've done that before. All right? <laughs> Some of the best sleep ever, by the way. There's a Keith Green song I don't think we have time to, to play the clip tonight, but it's called Asleep in the Light. Who's ever heard of that? A few of you. The ones that I thought would raise your hand, raise your hand. Keith Green, he was, he was a, a songwriter. He was a minister, what, 80s, 90s, or 70s and 80s? Yep, yep, long time ago. And... He wrote a song, Asleep in the Light, and some of the lyrics are, the world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight. 
because it's asleep in the light. So the world's asleep in the dark. A lot of times they don't realize that they're living in darkness, right? You ever been in darkness so long you can see better than you could when you first entered the darkness? Yeah, and you can function, right? But the church is asleep in the light. And so when you're asleep in the light, you can't reach those who are asleep in the dark because you're asleep, right? We need to be an awake and alert kind of people. Verse 10, Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Paul went down just like Jesus Christ came down. He humbled himself. He left his place in heaven to come down here to the earth, just like Paul descended down to the earth, to where Eutychus was, the one who had fallen, the one who had fallen asleep. And he embraced him is what the word says. This word embrace means to take by enclosing all together, earnestly throw the arms about one, embrace. Earnestly throw your arms around somebody to embrace them, enclosing them, keeping them safe. Imagine somebody about to fall off a cliff or something like that, and you go and you embrace them. You pull them back so that they can't fall. What if somebody would have seen Eutychus and grabbed him and pulled him out? It's not too late. It's not too late. I think of Jesus whenever he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you like a hen gathers its chicks. He said, But you wouldn't come. You resisted. He wants to gather his people. He wants you to to live in his safety and his embrace. Embrace means to enclose all together. So God's graceful, merciful hand was wrapping around the one who was dead. We're dead in sin, but we're alive in God, right? Yep. And so God wants us to be alive in him. You with me? Sam, with you? All right. So I want to say a note to you who are alive, okay? I don't know if you're Eutychus in here. I don't know if you are like a a Paul who's just full of faith and willing to do whatever it takes. Um, I don't know if you're a disciple that is maintaining your good works and you're here, but I think that we all have a place in this passage. Colossians 1, 28 and 29. Again, this is to you who are alive. Him we preach, Jesus we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So warning every man, teaching every man that we may present every man perfect in Christ, okay? And so there's a time that we need to warn, okay? There's also a time we need to teach, I warn my children not to go in the road, but I teach them why. I teach them how to look across. I don't just scold them anytime they look at the road. I walk with them. I I embrace them. I take them by the hand, and I walk up to the road with them. Sometimes we don't even have to go across, but I just want to practice it. And I say, hey, look, up, stop. So what do we do? Okay, we look that way, and we look that way. We look four times, okay? We look four times. And... I want to make sure that if I'm not with them, they know what to do whenever they get to that point, right? 
embrace them, hold on to them, warn them, teach them, that we may present them perfect in Christ Jesus. So I encourage you who are alive, go to the one who's weak, take them by the hand, guide them, warn them of the darkness, teach them how to walk in the light and how to be the light in the darkness that we may present them perfect in Christ Jesus. Amen? Do we have that music clip? I think that we have time to to play that. Let's just listen to it, okay? It's just a short thing. It's not the whole song, but, but it's important that we be a church that's living in the light. Amen? All right, you guys go ahead. Some of us get out of bed. You know, I'm convicted, but I'm convinced that we have a purpose. It's not just to get saved so we can go to heaven someday. There's a dark world that our children are going to have to face that we didn't have to face that kind of darkness. Darkness is dark. And you're going to have to face things that you've never faced before. We need to be prepared. Amen. I didn't mean for this to be all serious, yet I did. I believe that he did. I believe we ought to be serious about our role. So we're about to close, but I want to speak to the Eutychuses, the ones that are the pre-fall Eutychus, the ones that are a little sleepy right now the ones that are a little disinterested in what's happening, maybe the ones that are kind of pushing against that conviction that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring into your life, the ones that maybe don't understand that all of the, the old people, they're talking about revival, they're talking about fire, and their fire is just making me confused, and, and I can't take the fumes, and I don't understand it, so I'm going to step back, and I'm just going to sit in a window I'm just going to watch. I don't want to be a part. I'm just going to watch. Don't fall. Get engaged. Wake up. Stand up. Splash some water on your face if you have to. That's what I do. Am I perfect at it? <laughs> More perfect than I used to be. Not as perfect as I will be. I fell asleep praying this morning, guys. You smiled again. You like to hear my weaknesses, don't you? I want to speak to the disciples that were receiving the word. That's us. That's us. Be watchful. Be mindful. Don't just come to come. Look for the one who's downtrodden. Look for the one who's not here. Somebody make a call this week. That was an exhortation on our prayer call. Call somebody that you feel has a need. Pray. Ask God to show you somebody contact them, reach out to them. Look at how many people are here. 
This is awesome. Look how many people are not here. Look how many empty seats there are. You could bring a Eutychus on Sunday. You can. And I want to speak to the Pauls. You keep exercising your faith. Don't be afraid to lay down that which you're doing in order to address what the need is. Don't be afraid to humble yourself and go down to the lowest of lows, just like Jesus did. And one more group of people, group of people I'd like to speak to are the Eutychus who's, who have fallen, the ones who feel dead, the ones that have fallen away. You haven't just fallen asleep, but you've hit the ground. You're at the bottom. There's hope of resurrection life. Jesus can resurrect that dead thing. He can make you better than you were before. Eutychus, he came back with a testimony, didn't he? He was better after he fell than when he, before he fell, right? He was probably a lot more awake too, honestly. Probably didn't sit in the window again. So won't you stand with me tonight? Lord, I thank you for your, your word, which is it's for our correction. God, I know you've used it to correct me countless times. I know you're not done with me yet. I know you're not done with us yet. It's for our direction. Lord, as I prayed for your people before service, I ask that you'd speak to them how they need to hear it tonight. Lord, I'm your messenger. I believe I've delivered your message that you wanted to speak tonight. Now I leave it in your hands, Holy Spirit. May your word be effective. May it be sufficient. I declare your word has not lost its power. Lord, I ask that we would be a people that are awake in the light, so awake that we could go into the dark places and be the light. If you're a Eutychus, if you feel like you're where the disciples were at, or if you feel like you're that Paul, that one that's willing to go and to help and rescue, if you found yourself anywhere in this story tonight, I want you to raise your hand just as an acknowledgement to the Lord. Lord, I recognize that you spoke tonight. Lord, we magnify you. I pray that you would bless your people to come out of the dark places. Lord, I pray that as they read your word and pray that they'd be more interested than they've been before. Lord, I ask that the Spirit of God would come and be the helper that is needed. I pray you help us be watchful. Jesus said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Lord, I ask that we be mindful of the things of God and ask, Lord, as we seek the God of revival, as we let our lamps burn, O Lord, that we recognize those among us that need an embrace, that need somebody to say, hey, this is new to me too. Let's go to the altar. Let's sit next to each other in church. Hey, let's go to that function that's not a Sunday morning and, and see what God does. Lord, I pray that you would fill this house 
with Eutychuses that would sit next to disciples, that there be Pauls in this house. And Lord, that you would allow us to be a people of the light. Wake us up, Lord, where we need to be awake. Make us vigilant and watchful. We praise you, we honor you, we give you glory tonight in Jesus' name. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the word of God today. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we can tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus, the Word of God Himself. And I thank you for the Word that has been heard. I thank you for the Word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord find great delight in you. And may you find great joy in him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.